Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, everyone can't say this, but I think we're going to put a photo up on the Patreon. Yeah. Which you can sign up for for just $1.50 a month. We're one sentence in and we've already got that one in there. We didn't plug it last episode, we though, didn't, to be fair. So we needed to do it twice yeah. this one. PY <laughs> is currently in the therapy position on his couch. I feel like I am PY's psychologist here mm. and we are ready to <laughs> diagnose why the, the American-China relationship <laughs> or demons as PY <laughs> said. We're going to talk about Obama today. Yeah. PY, an important part of therapy is going back to our childhood and- okay re-exploring why childhood experience, as you can see, I'm clearly underqualified to be a therapist here. <laughs> Let's think about, as a child, what were your memories of Obama? Um, The kind of, the, the I don't know oh, what, the, what kind of the videos were, but the YouTube videos of him speeches being put into a, a song. Did you see those? With like auto-tune? Like, hey, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I forget. Hey, I just met you. <laughs> and this is crazy. Here's my number. <laughs> Call me maybe. You know, like that was, a, that was a very Yeah, yeah that, I I I remember those exact just videos. like taking obviously one word of his speech and putting it together to create masterpieces. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, an era of YouTube that needs to be rediscovered. Yeah. As soon as YouTube went from having the green red likes to dislikes bar to just the grey blue one. Yeah. That it's gone it's been downhill ever since. Mm. I yeah. would like to go back to the era of there was like a video of this was all the way back in two thousand and eight. Gummy bear? That that <laughs> I that was more, one of my ringtones on, on my Nokia. Yeah. Everyone would gather around the phone, you're like, oh guys, 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 call me, call me, call me. I am oh, a gummy bear. So funny. And I don't it know <laughs> Yeah, there was the one of the, the like this was back in the era when Indian accents were the funniest thing in the world. 
hello, please pick up the telephone. And that was like considered the funniest. <laughs> yeah. It's just a better era of comedy. It was, yeah. it was. I had Simpsons leaned into that a lot with a poo. Yes. But, um... <laughs> yeah. When did, a, when did a poo get canceled from the Simpsons again? Was that like. I forget. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he did it. I think he did. I think okay. he's definitely got taken off. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I watched some stand-up comedian, an Indian stand-up comedic uh, comic, be really angry and be like, "This guy was like the best character on The Simpsons because he was hardworking." Yeah. Like, how how is this a negative stereotype? <laughs> I don't see how this is a negative stereotype. He should be what everyone aspires to be—someone who's hardworking, conscientious, a good father, and a good husband, business owner, and a business owner. <laughs> and yet, that's a negative stereotype. Hot take. Yeah. I also remember there was. Obama versus Hillary Clinton when they were in the Democrat primary mm. and Obama it was like Obama versus Hillary Clinton paintball. This was like 2008 YouTube and okay. it was, it was, it was gold. It was, you'd turn off Fred go swimming. You would, yeah, yeah you'd, you'd yeah. Charlie, my finger. Yeah. You kind of the regular run of the mill to beach dads, <laughs> Charlie, the unicorn, like those 2007, 2008 YouTube masterpieces, crazy frog braves. Mm. And <laughs> you would, then watch Obama versus Hillary Clinton at paintball. And then even better, they made a mini clip game about oh. Obama versus Clinton paintball. And I feel like that should be a Patreon topic we explore. Mini clip. Mini clip. Yeah. Um definitely. What? Doom Buggy? Doom Buggy. Trail Trail Bikes 2? Monkey Snowball Fight. Base jumping. The cube game? Yes. Where you're like I don't know yeah. why I'm Doing actions, no one can say this, but you were, yeah, cube racer or whatever. High school one. Yeah, there was another really big one. Um, obviously, they had Club, Peng- Club Penguin actually used to be a mini clip one for a little while. Really, there was, was another Pop uh, Tropica, yeah. Pop Tropica. Yes, I referenced that with a student, and <laughs> the student got it. Oh, really? I was like, wow, that respect. Is... He's in year 11 right now, so yeah. essentially. What I'm trying to say is that this was a significant better time of life than right now. Okay. It was just uh, it was gold, golden years for everyone all around. Yeah. Man United were a much better team. Man United were a much better team. Sharks reached the preliminary finals of the 2008, 2008 NRL. Yeah. And then they lost what, something like 40-0 to the Storm. Yeah. I was at that game. It was a good time of life. Mm. And so Obama comes into office and basically is advocating for changing America's foreign policy. What was Bush's signature foreign policy before? Uh, you've you've told us before. Not to do with like not specifically to do with China, just Bush, what he's known for. Um I'd I'd be guessing. He he had a big involvement in the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah. War on terror. Yeah. War and that terror. that's that's his big thing, is we're gonna fight the terrorists in the Middle East. And Obama comes into office and he comes in and is like, Well, that didn't work. We've covered the Iraq episode, what happened with Iraq. Um, and if you look at Afghanistan, the Taliban's back today. People were saying as early as the late 2000s that what we're going to do in Afghanistan isn't going to work. And so Obama comes in and he's like, we need to pull American soldiers out of the Middle East and we need to redirect them. And this became known as the pivot to Asia. This broader policy mm-hmm. of we are going to take our focus away from the Middle East, away from nation building, and we're going to put all of our focus in Asia. It could be loosely translated as contain China, stop the rise of China, blunt China in Asia. So there's something in American politics called the blue team. 
And the, okay. the blue team are known for their opposition to China. And okay, because China loves red. Because China loves red. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's like a a Nomeo versus Juliet story. <laughs> I've not seen Nomeo versus Juliet. <laughs> Sorry, not you Nomeo. Cannot throw versus... that in there. So that is a universally understood reference. <laughs> <laughs> not Nomeo versus Juliet, but um, obviously Nomeo and Juliet. Oh, Nomeo and Juliet. <laughs> I've not seen. It's basically, I, I vaguely saw it on like a bus billboard once. That's my not. Go, um, expl- please explain. Well, of course you're familiar with Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Um, Only loosely. Like, I don't know. I, I I imagine just like lovers who are destined not to be with each other. Yeah. So the remake of is Romeo and Juliet. And there's basically, there's two gardens and every single, this one garden is red theme and the <laughs> next door neighbor house garden is blue theme. I want to look this up. And, <laughs> and basically, um, yeah, for I don't know, for, for from my memory, Nomeo is blue and Juliet is red, and they are both like. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just showing, yeah. I'm just showing people how to cover. It's good. Outstanding. Um, this came. Oh, and this was even better. This, this was, was followed by Sherlock Gnomes. No, <laughs> how did I miss? I must have just aged that because three years difference yeah. between Pal and I. That I would have been what fourteen the, versus eleven. On the precipice, yeah, yeah. Pronounced difference. Then mm. the other amazing thing that I forgot about the two thousand and eight to two thousand and eleven era, it was when everything was in three D. Yeah, because that poster just said Romeo and Juliet in three D. <laughs> it, it wasn't the blue red; it was the black when the effects were pretty terrible. Yeah. It those wasn't Sharkboy, yeah. Lava Girl levels or no, anything. No, no, that was bad. That yeah. was... But those are my memories, like... Yeah, Nomeo... For some reason, when they first meet each other, they don't realise that the other is a blue or a red. And, um, yeah, Starcross Lovers. I don't know if it ends with... Because, obviously, the Romeo and Juliet ends with them dying. Yeah. I don't know if that, that goes that deep for the kids' movie. Is that where like, Making Purple comes from? When... It must be, right? Is that a... It must be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just a good period of movies. I think you got like over the hedge in there, like another good garden based movie. <laughs> <I think>. um, <laughs> yeah. We are, we're nine minutes in. We've, <laughs> we've given you a number of, of I, I still feel like I haven't really properly explained Nomeo and Juliet, <laughs> but I mean, I think they get it. <laughs> well, once for the patrons only, if you are, uh, if you give us a dollar 50 a month, you can get POI's in-depth analysis of Nomeo and Juliet. I'd have to rewatch, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of, of the blue team, <laughs> I think I love about that as well. You could have gone to anything like... State of Origin, yeah. Man City vs Chelsea, <laughs> anything. So Man City vs Man United, anything that could have popped into your head right then. <laughs> Blue vs Red. It's a pretty age old Shark Boy, Lava Girl. Even yep. anything that's a pretty age old concept. <laughs> Nomeo and Julia. They really did lean into that color based warfare in that movie. <laughs> I think. So we have the Blue team in American America. politics, and they have a lot of influence. And basically, it's the it's. Not Democrat or Republican. It's just an anti-China coalition that kind of spans across both parties. And 
kind of like the monarchy versus Republican thing, how there's some liberals who are Republican, so like Malcolm Turnbull, some liberals who are monarchists, Tony Abbott. It's kind of a transcends party, this blue team versus red team. And there's a lot of people on the blue team when Obama comes into office. But Obama's got a big issue. He can't completely alienate China and he can't, and he knows that, say for Australia, a country like us, China buys all our iron. So if we have bad relations with China, we become poor. And Obama knows the precarious situation that a lot of Asia-Pacific nations are in. So he's got to try and find a way to slowly wean them off of China and have an economic network and a military network that more or less excludes China in order to contain China. Follow me so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where would most of Obama's soldiers be when he came into office? In the Middle East. Yes. So Obama, one of his first moves is to withdraw those soldiers from the Middle East, particularly... Which was a big thing, right? That was like, we've got them out of there. I mean, American soldiers coming home to families, it's all happy times. Exactly. Like the withdrawal, yeah, 2008, Obama campaigns hard on the withdrawal of Iraqi soldiers. But they, a lot of them don't come home, particularly those in the Navy. They go to the Indo-Pacific instead. Mm. And Obama starts putting a lot of soldiers, and a lot of sailors particularly, in Asia. Effectively, have you heard of the man-made islands that China's built? Yeah, yeah, I think um, we might have discussed it a little bit on ba- the podcast. Basically, it's... So the South China Sea, we go back all the way to the 1940s with a leader called Chiang Kai-shek. Chiang Kai-shek draws something called the... He's the leader of China before he loses the civil war to Mao. He draws something called the Nine Dash Line. And when it comes to international waters, because there's things like fish and oil and that sort of stuff which can be accessed, which is which are crucial resources, it is important to know who gets control over what parts of the sea. Otherwise, everyone will just rock up. If you have rich fish reserves, everyone yep. will just rock up, take your fish and go. Yep. And so you do need to clarify who gets what part of the seas, but it's not as easily definable as a land border. No. And so we've kind of got like radiuses of control and that sort of thing. It's pretty, it's pretty precarious. Chiang Kai-shek draws the nine-dash line to be like, this is Chinese territory right here. Okay. And basically claims most of the South China Sea. Other countries don't like this. Vietnam, because they're also in the South China Sea, so their eastern coast is on the South China Sea. They're like, no, we're not having that. It's our... We want some of the sea as well. It's our sea too. Mm. The Philippines also are like, no, not having that. It's our sea too. America, even though it's not their sea at all, America's like, guys, 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 you need to give the other people the sea too. Because they they have a vested interest in not wanting one country to have complete control of the sea. Yeah. I don't know. Is it was it fair? Was it the way that uh, old mate chopped up the sea? Probably not. No. Oh no, no. Like the south, like that's a it's a huge claim. Like, would you like? Does pop should population come into it considering how many more people a country have, or should it just be? I don't know. Fair, like on land, and that's that's one of the arguments that the Chinese put forward. Yep. It's like, hey, we need to feed, particularly when it comes to like fish. We need to feed way more people than you do. Why do we get equal access to the same sea when we need the when we need the fish in, in, in bigger quantities than you mm. need the fish? The other claim that the Chinese make is America polices all the seas. So there's something called freedom of navigation, 
which is America t- takes lead responsibility to ensure that all ships can safely pass through areas, kind of an attempt to thwart piracy and that sort of thing. China's argument, and I don't think it's an entirely untrue argument, is freedom of navigation is a bit of a scam. You are just ensuring that your nation's interests are protected by putting ships everywhere and, and calling it freedom of navigation. And you have all your ships in the South China Sea. Can you imagine if we put ships at the same level that you do in the Atlantic Ocean? And we kind of had a whole bunch of our naval ships off of San Francisco or whatever, off of San Diego, yeah. and said, hey, we're just ensuring everyone can, can drive their ships safely. Mm. You would be really annoyed at us. So what China does is China starts building man-made islands mm-hmm. in the South China Sea. And they kind of function function as as naval bases, as fishery bases, as as as, as recon bases, and they actually start just building these islands. I mean, I I I, I don't fully comprehend how you even do that. Like, it, how do you? <laughs> where do you start? What's like, the foundations? Is it just like floating? Is it like a raft or? So you, how do you make land? And so the South China Sea's got some pretty shallow areas. So you've got like the Scarborough Shoal, you've got the Spratly Islands, which are uh, islands that are kind of just right smack bang in the middle. Yeah. You've got another group called the Paracel Islands. And so they build around there where the waters are shallower. I have tried on Minecraft to build man-made islands from the bottom up. Mm. Takes a lot of time. Okay. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Lian Yu. What? Have you seen the TV show Arrow? I saw, like, the first season. The guy looks like Jordan Henderson. Hey, like, the lead oh, actor. I guess he does a bit. I, I, I watched it, like, I watched, like, one season. I remember the trailer is, like, it was this jacked yeah, guy. Yeah, that, doing the... Yeah. And he could keep pushing himself up yeah. in the warehouse. Yeah. That's all I've seen. I, I watched the show. I enjoyed it. Um, But, yeah, the the uh, the island that he gets kind of lost on is Lian Yu. Ah. And that's where he learns his craft. Ah. It's like a classic. It's pretty much Batman, like rich boy, like loses his parents and tries to make the city a better place. Because like, isn't Arrow, Arrow's DC as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like a little bit of. Is the Flash? Is the isn't the Flash also super rich? Isn't he supposed to be? No, no. Is he not? But he does lose his parents. Does lose his parents. Yeah. Man. I uh, I, I need to get up to date with my superhero movies. Two two mm. weeks in a row that I've missed missed your superhero reference. That's okay. Yeah, Arrow's pretty niche, but it was a good show. I did really enjoy Lego Marvel Heroes when I was in year 11. Okay. I weirdly grinded that game quite hard. Yeah. (laughs) And I had a lot of fun playing it. Yeah. I'll see it. Yeah. Anyway. So China builds all these (laughs) islands in the South China Sea. America's super annoyed. China's like, take your ships out of here. Um, If you take your ships out of here, we won't have these islands because we have as much claim to build these islands as you have to have ships in the South China Sea. Vietnam's also really annoyed. The other big issue is that there's a bit of a skirmish. I think we might have mentioned this on one of the pods before. There's a skirmish between Chinese fishers and Filipino like border police, where basically Chinese fishers ended up in Filipino waters. Filipinos tried to kick them out. China got really upset with it. There's a bit of a skirmish between the two over that and the Chinese basically went to a tribunal in The Hague saying hey this is our these are our waters and they appealed 
to the nine dash line back that Chiang Kai-shek drew. And the Filipinos basically went and said, no, they don't have any authority to it. This is a landmark case because finally the court was ruled, the international court was ruling or the international community was ruling on whether the nine dash line was legitimate or not. And the international court said no. And basically this was a win for the Philippines. And theoretically what that meant was that China attacked sovereign Filipino territory. And according to the Filipino-American Defense Treaty, America Mm. should have gone to defend the Philippines because they were attacked. Obama said no. Obama's like, we're not doing that. That, Like, I I know what the treaty says. That is not a good idea to go to war over some fish, over some fishermen. We talked about this, right, in the... uh the China, China, America. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that kind of had two effects. Number one, the Philip, the Filipino government actually were like kind of relieved about that. The Filipino government said, "We will rip up this court ruling if it means the Philippines and China can have good relations." Like, we we will happily let this one go if we can get on as countries. But the Philippine, like the, the the Filipinos, didn't like this very much. They burned Obama in effigy. Obama became really unpopular there. Mm. Um, and the reason why this is interesting was up until 2012, the Philippines and America were doing joint military exercises. Yep. And America was actually trying to engage a lot of these Asia-Pacific countries in military training, and they were trying to effectively equip the entire Asia-Pacific to be to have a good navy and to have a good military so that China can be contained because you then surround them with competent militaries if you kind of do that. So they had... Station, you the Americans had soldiers stationed in one of the Filipino islands called Basilan, and effectively they were trying to, like I said before, build up the surrounding armies and navies. The Americans actually also then trained the Indian military too, and they actually brought their soldiers in and had them trained up, and they also did something called Exercise Malabar which was a joint Navy exercise between America and India, which then started to include Japan and Australia too. Okay. And so Obama's pivot to Asia, it kind of firstly started with a military pivot where Obama was really clear in that we are going to actually, like enough is enough. We, we let China grow to be a huge economic powerhouse. They've had their time in the sun. As they're going to build up their military, we're going to surround them with our military force and we're going to let them know who's boss and who's there. And so we see a huge increase in American ships in the South China Sea policing freedom of navigation. And so we see America have a huge buildup in the South China Sea. We see the Philippines get trained up. We see the Indians get trained up. And we see Australia and Japan invited to join in those joint military exercises. Not to mention at the same time that this is where we move into the more conspiracy theory territory. Kevin Rudd. So Kevin Rudd, again, this is how yeah. good the time was. It was Kevin 07 of course. before Obama 08. Yeah. The real golden era. <laughs> he wants to introduce the mining tax to, as we kind of looked with Congo last week, mm-hmm. a mining tax allows the profits of your resources to stay in the country. Yeah. So we've got all these big foreign mining companies. Two big ones are BHP Billiton and Rio Tinto. Officially, they're Australian founded, but they're not Australian owned. Yeah. 
like their, I think each each one's. I, I put a video up with their exact stats. One's I believe seventy eight percent owned. One's eighty six percent foreign owned. Mm-hmm. And so Rudd basically wants to introduce the mining tax to limit the amount of money going offshore, so that the Australian people can profit from their own natural resources. Yeah. Obviously, the Americans don't like this very much. No. Because these are majority American-owned mining companies, and we've got pro-CIA labor faction bosses like Mark Arbib and David Feeney who basically help Gillard spill motion get over the line. Gillard comes in, Gillard allows American soldiers to be stationed in Australia, and Gillard very much supports America's foreign policy. Another interesting difference was that Gillard supported the Quad, so having a... So South Korea... So so India, Japan, Australia, and America forming a united military alliance to surround China, whereas Kevin Rudd didn't support that. Mm. And so by the end of Obama's time, Obama's military strategy, yeah, he's had some involvement in the Middle East because like the Syrian civil war and the Libyan civil war has brought Obama back into the Middle East, but he has been successful in doing his initial withdrawal and then having all of these American soldiers stationed in the South China Sea, and in trying to contain China. The next movie makes is an economic containment policy. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, I want to ask you, PY. Yep. Have you heard of the TPP? The TPP? The TPP. I don't think so. I, I, I think about TP, toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And TPs like the um the Native American Indian, and then TP TP triple ply toilet paper. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, having gone on school camp and had the you the... TP'd his house. <laughs> <laughs> I had the week of, of single ply, and oh, yeah. it's good to, good to be back. Yeah, <laughs> I must say that is a very first world <laughs> complaint <laughs> to have. My toilet paper is only single ply. Single ply. The TPP is the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Ah, okay. And that was one of Obama's last big foreign policies that he got over the line back in 2015. Effectively, this was branded as a set of free trade deals across all sorts of different communities in North America, South America, and Asia Pacific. Mm. So including countries like Australia, Philippines, Chile, and Mexico, anyone in that sort of area. Mm. Who was excluded? China. China. Yeah. And that was a really important thing. This was designed as an economic way to counter China and to wean all of these countries 
off of trading with China. That was one of the key foreign policy purposes of this. Interesting. If I were to say the word free trade deal, do you have any idea what I'm talking about there? So the right to trade freely? Yeah. Um, is it something to do with Australia? Well, Australia, 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 Australia has free trade deals with other countries. Yeah, yeah. Let's use footy cards. Okay. Uh, always Good. the best representative <laughs> of a macro economy. Mm-hmm. So let's just say you at Byronie Bay Public School yeah. were producing a lot of Willie Mason cards. Yeah, yeah. And you wanted to protect your Willie Mason industry and protect all your year fours and year fives who had a lot of Willie Masons. Mm. One way that you would do that is that you would put a tax on anyone from Byronie Bay who wanted to get a Willie Mason from another school or trade something for a Willie Mason from another school. So that protects your Willie Mason industry at school yep. by making by disincentivizing people to trade Willie Masons from other schools. Okay. And that way you've got a really strong Willie Mason industry. Yeah. If any anyone from other schools wants Willie Masons, yeah. You you've got all of them and you've got the power. Okay. We call that protectionism. That is the complete yep. opposite to a free trade deal. A free trade deal is when a school would go to another school and agree that they would not put taxes on their own people for trading with that other school. And yep. so a country, probably probably Max, it makes it way more complicated to use. Yeah, I was going to say, bring it bring it back to... I just wanted an excuse to talk country. about Willie Mason. Yeah, Willie Mason. <laughs> um, if a country agrees, so a free trade deal is when, say, Australia and America make an agreement that we will not tax our own people or put a tariff on our own people for importing from your country. And okay. we yep. are not going to protect our own industries at the expense of your industries. What does that What does that look like for someone every day? Probably the best example is probably easier to use the opposite of a free trade deal to explain the effect. Okay. So in America, we've got the steel industry, which is really popular in, and it's a common job in the middle states mm. to work for steel factories. What Trump did is Trump saw that it was cheaper to produce steel in China and car companies were import or whatever companies were importing steel from China rather than from Americans. So Americans were losing steel jobs mm. in the steel industry. Okay, and so when a, when Trump promised to put a 15% tax on Chinese steel, yeah. That disincentivized American companies to buy Chinese steel instead of buying American steel, which protects all those American jobs. Okay, makes sense. A free trade deal, the advantage of a free trade deal is that it's cheaper for everyone. So if that car company can import cheaper steel from China, well, then they can pass on that cost cut to consumers who can buy cars for cheaper prices and so forth. So if if the steel is taxed, in America, if yeah. it's coming from China, does that mean they then need to raise the price for the other countries that they're um, sending it to? So, yes, exactly right. So, if you're a car yeah. company that's buying steel at a, at a heavier price, your, your car prices are going to go up, not just for other countries, but for everyone. Yeah. Because it's more expensive to create that car now. Okay. So, the theory of free trade is the more free trade you promote across the world, the cheaper everything's going to be. The downside to free complete free trade is that it's produced at the cheapest rate, it incentivizes really bad working conditions and really poor working conditions. Because if you can produce steel at a cheaper rate because you don't pay pay your employees properly, well, that's going to give you a huge competitive advantage to trade with the rest of the world. Mm. And so it makes things cheaper to buy, but it also incentivizes bad working conditions. And effectively, 
Obama campaigned on making a free trade network with all these different countries. That was what he said the TPP was going to be. This mega free trade network where we all agree not to tax and tariff each other. The issue is, all these countries had free trade deals with each other anyway. Yeah. It doesn't actually add anything. Australia and America had had a free trade deal since forever. The, like, Chile and Mexico and all that, 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 that network of free trade deals already existed. So... The cynic would say that it wasn't really actually about the free trade deals. I'm going to mention another set of words. Or if you've never heard of it, just tell me if you have. The yeah. Belt and Road. The Delta. The Belt and Road the Initiative. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could talk about Delta Goodrich. Yeah. That would, <laughs> I would be sitting on top of the world. Sitting on top, indeed. <laughs> uh, the Belt and Road. Initiative. Okay, no. Basically, it's the Chinese offering to build all sorts of infrastructure in other countries. So they're going to Pakistan oh. saying, we're going to build a highway for you. That's what that's called? Yes. Okay. We're going to go to Sri Lanka and build a port for you. We're yeah. going to go to Africa and build a railway through Kenya. Yeah. And the cynic to that would say that it's doing something called debt trapping, hmm. where you build something for someone, for a country that needs it, they can't repay you, then you come to them and ask for a favour. Yeah. Best example of this was China asking Sri Lanka... Hmm for a lease of the oh, port of yeah, Hambertona yeah. for 99 years. Yeah, it's bad. It is. But also, yeah, um, it the there is an argument to be made that China's not intentionally debt trapping and China, it, like economically, China mm. can't afford to debt trap all these nations. So they actually go in hoping that the country can repay them and when they can't, they then go to other options okay. to try and recuperate some of that money. Because, I mean, I mean, we've seen what's, what's happened in Sri Lanka, right? Mm. Absolute chaos. Yes. For other for other factors as well. Yeah. And, but you're exactly right. And so China's like, well, if you can't repay us, let's at least have a strategic advantage and get a port in the Bay of Bengal, mm. which is a really important port going through Middle East Asia, uh, subcontinent Asia. And so China has done this Belt and Road Initiative. It's huge. It goes through to kind of Eastern Europe. It goes down into Africa. It tried to reach Australia. So Dan Andrews actually signed Victoria up to have some built and road infrastructure in Victoria. Yeah. He got overruled by the federal government on it Okay, at the time. So Maurice Payne, the foreign minister was like, no way. And it's a pretty extensive infrastructure drive. That's kind of linking up the whole world for trade on China's terms. This is an American attempt to try and counter that. And so the TPP is responsive to the belt and road and it's trying to create Okay, if China gets Africa, Europe, and Asia, we're going to get North America, South America, and Australia in the Pacific, mm. and we're going to shore up that area as a trade network that we can we can work with. The other issue is that it protects big businesses in those countries and protects multinational corporations. From your time and your business degree, did you look at multinational corporations at all? MNCs. M- MNCs. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> What's an example of one? Most companies in the world. Okay. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, of course, then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like like Apple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's not purely American owned. You've got, uh, you've got shareholders from all over the world yeah. and you've got a number of different countries having ownership, not the government, but people from different countries having ownership of yeah. that company. And so the issue is, okay, Coca-Cola does trading in America, does trading in Australia, 
yeah. and has kind of branches in each different country, mm. yet the conditions are different in each of those countries to operate in. I feel like I, I feel like I looked at Lego a lot and <laughs> just other maybe uh, Gloria Jeans and <laughs> <laughs> you are on fire today with <laughs> Nomeo Julia <and laughs> Glory Jeans <laughs> Glory Jeans I remember when you know I saw a Gloria Jeans in Dortmund really yeah how random is that that is I thought I thought they were Australian so did I and I was like I was so taken aback that's so surprising because their coffee is not particularly good. Yeah. Like, I know there's the, the cliche of like, oh, America has no good coffee, so any Australian cafe that sets up there does really well. Yeah. But American Jeans is kind of like paying homage to so I American think, coffee in I Australia. Think Gloria Jeans has actually started in America. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is... <laughs> that, that, that's the go. biggest mic drop of today. I, I did learn some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know if I did a case study on Glory Jeans or not. I might have. I, feel, I, like they I mu- feel like I did. So they must be a, a pretty big MNC then. Yeah. So let's use Glory Jeans as their example. <laughs> um, say they need, they want similar trading conditions in all of the countries that they operate in. And let's just take, mm. um, I don't know, the idea of intellectual property. Yep. So Gloria Jeans has, has basically, in their eyes, must standardized their coffee recipe and mastered it. Yeah. Another cafe sets up, uses the same, <laughs> re- uses the, uses the same, Recipe uses similar branding to Gloria Jeans, calls it like you know Gloria Jeans or whatever, yeah. and is basically a ripoff of Gloria Jeans. Yeah, the TPP was basically an effort to ensure that the same trading conditions could apply in any country. That Chile wasn't lax on their prosecution of intellectual property, whereas in Australia they might be really punitive on it. And it's an effort to make sure that Chile holds the same standard as Australia so that all these corporations can effectively have a go at any rival company that's popping up. Yeah. Do you remember um, Hamish and Andy Gapia when they're, uh, they're going around Venice doing the gondola, gondoliering, and they pick up an American couple from Kent- Kentucky and Hamish is like trying to get it out the 11 and they like find out he works for KFC Yes, and he's trying to get the 11 herbs <laughs> secret herbs and, <laughs> and he's like, oh. and he's like if I push Andy in <laughs> you, will you tell me one and he's like I'll tell you them and then he doesn't think he's going to do it but he pushes Andy in and then he's like no no I can't tell you I can't tell you <laughs> <laughs> I think he told him one of them. It's like, it's just pepper. Oh, <laughs> not even like an oregano. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that is a memory that is long hidden in my memory. Mm. Well, like, you've, you've really accessed some some repressed <laughs> late 2000s, early 2010s nostalgia for you me. Bring it, you bring it out of you, me, Ken. You're, <laughs> you're, you're on fire today. And so effectively, the TPP is trying to create similar economic conditions across. There's... Something called the Investor State Dispute Clause in the TPP. Fancy word to basically say one of the one of the twenty nine articles of the TPP is that if a country's government is making working conditions less profitable in that country, so let's just say Chile puts a mining tax on or whatever, which limits the amount of profit Rio Tinto can have in Chile and mines or whatever, that company can take that country to the TPP, to a, mm. to a court, to a, to a tribunal, 
And that tribunal can effectively shut that down and say, no, you as a government cannot put that mining tax in because you are making business conditions less profitable for that company. And so that was pretty significant. There was already a precedent for this where Veolia, the uh, bus company. Oh, yep, yep. They actually took the Egyptian government to a tribunal before this for increasing their minimum wage, saying that made working conditions less profitable. To make matters even more interesting, the ISDS cases were a three-person tribunal and between cases, they would rotate between being prosecution, defense, and judge. Hmm. So imagine you, me, and Ben are on the tribunal and we're dealing with is Gloria Gaines a a copy of Gloria Jeans and is Chile being too lax on Joria Gaines and actually making sure that Gloria Jeans can't get their, their due money or whatever. Yeah. One, in one case, you would be representing Chile, Ben would be representing Joria Gaines, and I would be representing the judge. Mm-hmm. And in the next case, you would be the judge, I'd be the prosecution, Ben would be the defense, and we just rotate between cases. Okay. Confusing. Yes. Seems like not the best system. No. And seems like a system that would probably favour corporations more than it would the common workers or the common mm. man. And so there were all sorts of of issues with the TPP. One other one was that it, it incentivized economies to stay as they are. So the TPP was basically an agreement to give huge contracts for what countries are already producing. So if you're producing a lot of cotton, then we're going to give you huge contracts to keep producing cotton. Yeah. That incentivizes would cause like the I, I forget the word the over you, you're producing too much cotton that's not good right for like the environment or well well, well yeah there's environmental factors yeah. as well but you've also got the growth because what's more profitable produce cotton or uranium okay like you're incentivized or what's what's more profitable to produce cotton or microchips. And so you're incentivizing countries to have short-term economic growth, which the government will go for because that will help them get elected the next year. Yeah. But it's basically designed to keep the economy the way it is and not allow that economy to grow Mm. and move into things like services or anything like that. Yeah. And so there's that factor. So basically, this still is hotly debated. I'm of the opinion... It's pretty terrible for the rep for the rest of the world because it ensures that America stays the dominant economy. It, it gives multinational corporations all sorts of power to kind of crush basic basic working conditions, and it completely aggravates China, who's been left out of the TPP, mm. and increases tensions there. I would also make the argument that the TPP created Donald Trump or allowed Donald Trump to get in. Yeah. So Trump campaigned against the TPP and he was actually quite anti-free trade because he was like, hey, your steel jobs are going to China. Mm -hmm. There were three states, uh, I think it was Wisconsin, Ohio, and I can't remember the other one, where Trump won by a 1% margin. They were steel states. Hillary Clinton did not visit those states. Had Hillary Clinton gone to those, won those states, she would have won the presidency. Yeah. And so Trump got over the line by promising steel jobs to all these workers who'd lost their jobs. Mm. And, and he did that by saying, we're going to put a 15% tax on China. What did that do? Increase tensions with China. And then that has also kind of created a bigger issue between the two nations. 
eventually what happened was Trump withdrew America from the TPP. And that was the perfect time for Australia to leave at the same time. We didn't. Turnbull kept Australia in the TPP. And in 2021, China applied to join the TPP. Hmm. Even though it was like the party that was designed to exclude China. It's the equivalent of like Russia applying to join NATO. Interesting. Yeah. And so Obama's pivot to Asia has had some pretty long lasting consequences on increasing the tension between America and China. Yeah. The other really controversial thing as well was that this article or this, this bill in American Congress was read out during Congress. The 29 articles were read out and they had to vote on the spot. They were not allowed to go home take it home, discuss it with their advisors, have them break down legal mumbo-jumbo, and they had to vote on the spot as to whether America joined it or not. So it's pretty controversial, Mm. and it's created some pretty long-lasting consequences. And the pivot to Asia probably will go down in history as the containment policy 2.0. Yeah. And China has not responded very well to this, and they do not like this very much. And so when Obama came into office, is it a coincidence that when Obama in his first few years, we've got Nomeo and Juliet, we've got Miniclip mm. and I don't know. I haven't, I, right now I don't see Nomeo and Juliet on screens. I don't play Miniclip. What I'm saying is, is it a coincidence well, that, that life is not as good anymore since <laughs> Obama brought in the TPP? Maybe, maybe. What We didn't talk about Obamacare. What's, what's, that <laughs> <laughs> i reckon we save obamacare for because we'll do obama's domestic policy one okay, day. yeah 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 well let's say let's say let's save it for that um, for sure it's, it's a catchy name it is yeah it's great marketing and it was interesting seeing what happened when trump tried to repeal it in 2017 mm. and there were issues between him and paul ryan who was the speaker of the house it's a very interesting topic actually and we might we might hold off on that one okay for another day no, the world's a different place for sure. I want to play mini clip. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. So, so many good, good free flash games that people just made out of the goodness yeah. of their heart. I feel like I definitely might have had a had a crack at Dune Buggy during a uni class or something. Like not ages ago was the last time I played Dune Buggy. What was the one like Penguin Toss where you have to like club the penguin as far as you can? Yeah. Bloody Penguin Toss or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, there were some some really good games. Yeah. Let us know on Twitter what... Cool your, maths games. Cool maths games, CV balls. Mm. Let us know on Twitter what your favourite mini clip games were, or still are. We shouldn't use past tense like that. Mm. Should we start up a Twitch stream just for mini clip and, and just, 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 just throwing ideas out there and seeing, seeing what sticks? I'm open to it. <laughs> I, I think it could be the future of the podcast yeah. moving forward. I need to go watch Nomeo and Juliet is what I've gotten out of this podcast today. Yeah, yeah. There is a Definitely. severe gap in my knowledge. Yeah, I I can't say I've seen Sherlock Gnomes either. I just remember the title. Uh, so that also piques my interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I of... wonder if it's the same characters or if they've just gone for, for different gnomes. <laughs> wonder, like, I reckon there'll be someone... Who do you reckon played the, the lead... Did it say when you looked it up? There was... Um, what's the guy? James McAvoy? Oh, yep. Um, it's really quality quality programming well, here. Wow. That's, I mean, yeah. He was in... 
the the what's it called the Idi Amin one, right? Yes, the last king yes. of Scotland. So he's <laughs> Michael Caine, Jason Statham, Whoa. Emily Blunt. That is a. I did not Ma- know that was Maggie Smith. Polly. <laughs> Who? I, I, I nearly said Polly Darton instead of Dolly Parton. <laughs> oh, Stephen Merchant. Wow. He, he, that, that is prime Stephen Merchant. Like, because he's in Tooth Fairy Tooth as well. Fairy. Patrick, is... Patrick Stewart. Hulk Hogan. What the heck? Yeah, that's all. That's I find that very funny. <laughs> um, there are two things you can do to support the podcast. First thing, sign up to the Patreon for a dollar fifty where you can get access to our bonus Patreon-exclusive pod Mm. where we remember nostalgically very common Australian memories that pretty much all of us have. Yeah. And secondly, you can actually give the podcast a rating on Spotify for free. That doesn't cost anything. Yeah. That'd be a big help. That actually helps us quite significantly on the algorithm. Mm. We'll see you guys next week where Ben will be back. Let's hope so. Hopefully. (laughs) Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.